This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Thursday, it's the 23rd of November, 2023. Today we're back into reaction to Mike Calvo's interview and more talk on being blind. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? I am beautiful, sir, beautiful. I love that intro about being blind. That made us sound almost serious for one minute there. I know. Well, we are blind and we talk about being blind and other people like to talk about it too. So I thought it made sense. Okay, it's not the thing that defines me, Stephen Scott. I just want to put that out there. Thanks. It's kind of defining me. I'll tell you, last night, I went, <laughs> went, had to go out last night to get something for my wife. And um, wow, uh, that was an experience. So, you know, I go out, it's mm. pitch black. You know, it's only five o'clock at night, but it's pitch black outside, you know, because that's welcome to uh, living in the north of the world. And um, I uh, I head down to the, the store, which is not that far away. I mean, we're talking... Maybe a 15-minute walk down to the, as I call it, the city centre of where I live. Um, Basically a marathon in my world. That is a a long walk for you, right? Um, So I I head off, and I always wear my sunglasses. Always wear my sunglasses. And I thought to myself last night, well, hang on, I'll I'll wear them. But this is maybe silly because, you know, it's dark, right? So it doesn't really matter. But, of course, the reason I wear them... Exactly. Headlights, streetlights, mm-hmm. people with torches shining them in my eyes. Um, um, yes, okay. that happened once. Um, <laughs> so obviously that happened once. Um, so oh, I thought, yeah, I might, just, uh, I might just keep them on. So I'm heading down and it's so windy. It's really windy last night. So I'm thinking, jinx. Uh, so I'm walking down and trying to remain on the road. Trying to use a cane in the wind is not easy, right? It's no. flailing around all over the place. And... It's funny, right, because you think, there's two things that shocked me. One, the the way that I could not hear the traffic and not being able to hear anything, in addition to not being able to see anything, was an interesting mix. Yes, the wind makes you blinder. It's a well-known fact. Well, put it this way, I walked out on the road, waited and listening intently at this particular junction, listening and listening and listening. And then I thought, right, it's clear. And just as I step off the kerb, I'm about a middle, I'm halfway in, in, into the crossing and a car just comes out of nowhere, like just there. Mm. Now, thankfully, they can see. The, the upside was I managed to walk out in front of a car that was not driven by a blind person. Because yes. if I had, uh, that would have been the end of me. I'm not necessarily, don't limit my capabilities, ableist. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot how good you were at driving blind. <laughs> I forgot you were... You were that guy. Um, I thought this that was Julio actually... Supercharged, by the way. He, he's the guy that drives blind. He's okay. Oh, he's just cool. He can do anything. Um, I'm going to say, this is slightly spooky because I was going to talk about exactly the same thing, but carry on. Well, so there's that aspect of it, right? There's the, the fear of walking around and not be able to hear your surroundings as well to see them. But what also kind of shocked me was I thought in my mind that it would be harder to walk in the dark because it's in the dark versus walking in the daytime when there's at least a bit of light. <laughs> yes. And it was no different. <laughs> it was it no is different. No, but it is mentally 
different. I don't yeah. know if it's if it's a throwback from my I'm going to say sighted days. Oh, the sighted! I feel like I'm getting a guitar out at this point. <laughs> but I used to In be the like old a sighted days. <laughs> Please don't. I I used to be like an inverted vampire back in the day. Yeah, as soon as the as soon as the light went, that was it. I was in the house because you know RP night blindness and yep, all that. Yeah, I, I think I still got a bit of that. But I take the dog out if I if I'm up early and I take him out at six o'clock and it's still pitch black here. It doesn't make any difference. And I, I find I, it strangely freeing. I, it's I don't quite know. nice, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, I've got no no lock on my time anymore. I am I am free, sir. Free. I'm free. <laughs> Freedom. It, it's a bit like um <laughs> God, this is gonna sound so bad when I say it. Uh oh. But oh, it is it is like don't going say it. it is like going totally blind. Right? Because you, you don't have any option then. You have to rely on all the senses, you've got to rely on your own M, you've got to rely on everything. And in a way it kind of relaxed me a little bit because I thought, well, there's no point. Like, if I'm out during the day, even though I don't think I'm doing it, I know I'm trying to use what's left all the time. I'm always trying to see something. And you spend more time, I think, wasting time trying to see something than actually just get on with it. And if I was in the same situation and it's pitch black or there's no light at all, I don't do that. I just do what I need to do. And actually, I get on better. It's weird. It is weird. But, um, then, but then someone asked me a while back, someone asked me this years ago, would you put on a pair of, say, like blackout shades and just go out? I said, no. But she said, but that's exactly what you're doing. If you're saying it's easier with no light at all. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's the ultimately it. I think the difference is you have the choice. That's the point, right? If someone says, well, you could put these on or you don't need to put these on, you'll say, do you know what? If I have any remaining vision, I'll just stick with it, right? I'll just hold on to it. It might, might become useful. Yeah. It's, I, I yeah. honestly don't think people, I, I know, and it goes back to this point, it kind of goes back to what this conversation is continuing on from. And it kind of all came back to me that day. I was basically told I was not blind enough for whoever this blind person was. And I'm like, look, you know, you just, with the greatest of respect, you just do not understand the challenges that visually impaired people, low vision people face. And the idea that that is not blindness and the idea that that is something that is, you, you know, is better is ridiculous because it's just, it's just not better. I mean, I'm not saying I want to pour bleach into my eyes. Well, I don't want it, to do uh, that. But, yes. you know, if I, but if I lost my sight tomorrow, I think like a lot, and I, I only go by what other people tell me. And obviously, everything, nothing's set in stone either way, right? I mean, look, there's a lot of factors involved in that, right? If you lost your sight tomorrow, there's a lot more to think about than crossing a street. That's yes. part of it, but it's not the only thing. But, you know, it, it, so, okay, yeah, that might be easier in that sense, but then I wouldn't see any of my family again. I wouldn't see any of my friends. You know, all those things, all those memories would disappear, or they would change, or they would remain static. All, the, all that comes into your mind, right? So there's a lot to it. So that's why I'm, I would never say... I want to go blind. I'm just saying it, it would appear to me going by the experience from other blind people that I've met, those who've lost their vision, especially gone from partial sight to no, to no vision at all, they seem to have the view, at least the ones I talk to, again, not every person in the world, right? So we all have different views on this. But there are a few I've spoken to, and it surprised me when I heard it, because they said, I felt better. I actually felt happier in my life. And they said, I know how weird that sounds, but I actually felt happier because there was no option then. 
I didn't yeah. have the option to use the remaining vision. That was the only option. The only option was to just lean into it and get on with it. Well, you've got no option. It's like we've had um, you know feedback already, and it's about wearing that mask for whatever reason. You cling on to that mask of yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, and it's it's stressful because you're not getting away with it. You're not fooling anyone at all, but you still do it. So it's it's quite a relief when you say, you know what, I can't even pretend that there's nothing wrong with me anymore because uh, it's just obvious and I've got to do things. I've got to get on. Um, I was going mm. back, going back to cross. This is just a quick aside. Mm. So yeah, really windy this morning when I took the dog out. You can't hear, and I st- <laughs> I stood in front of or stepped in front of two electric cars today. Oh, I had no idea it was. Absolutely silent, you know, because of the wind, that is. Now, both of these cars had um, the um, synthesized sound of a sort of noise, you know. Oh, right, okay. Um, but it just wasn't loud enough. You know, it's fine when it's a calm day. I can hear them. They, they, I know the cars, they, they're around here. I've heard them before. But I'm just saying, it, it seems... Uh, it, the legislation needed on how loud these need to be. It's going to be interesting. How loud is loud enough, right? Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you're trying to, well, I suppose you've got to keep it to a level that, you know, the car yeah. doesn't become noisy. Although in saying that, you know, how, how loud are cars? I mean, these days they are getting quieter. I find all cars quieter than they used to be. Yeah, I remember absolutely. the days when you could hear the bus coming from the other end of town. Um, yes, I remember yes. there was buses used to drive into this this village where I live, and you know you, you could you could hear them coming into the village, and I'm about two thirds of the way in, and you know th- that was how loud they were, and they would actually you you would wear earplugs sometimes on them because they were so loud and rattly inside. Nowadays, even buses, I, I'm really struggling. There's, there's the coach that that takes us into the the city here. I think it's an electric coach. Um, at least I think it is. Maybe it's a hybrid. That's how, but it's that's how it quiet. sneaks up on you and slaps you in the face every that's time. Right, with, the, with the wing mirrors, yeah. Well, that's not too I'm bad. Here. That, is, that one's actually okay because it's a coach. It's much higher off the ground, right? It's much taller. So, you know, I don't get whacked in the face with that. It's the bus I get whacked in the face with. <laughs> uh, I think he just does it now as a laugh. But, um, but yeah, it, it is getting to the stage where, you know, you're starting to... I mean, I'm putting my hand out and someone said to me the other day, I was going into town, and someone said... That's a, that's a truck, and I'm like, okay, all right. It sounded big. Oh you yeah, know. yeah, that's <laughs> right. Well, that's big. all you're listening out for. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, fine. But yeah, the electric car thing that is that's frightening, you know. And it's, it's becoming more of a, a challenge to us. And you know, you're just reliant on the driver being aware. That's it. You're just you're yeah, all reliant absolutely. on the driver. And and so many cars now are hybrid, right? And, and when they're tootling around the little suburbs here where I am. Um, it is running on electric. It's so quiet now. It's there like is, a, there is a There's a debate that's going on, it seems, or at least if there isn't, there should be a debate going on between uh, accessibility advocates and environmental advocates because we're all on the same page, I would think. I mean, all of us are for a greener, you know, better air, all of that stuff, right? I mean, we're... Oh, a quieter environment is better for everyone, absolutely. right? It's so nice, yeah. But it has to be accessible to us and it has to be accessible in the sense that we're not going to get mowed down by one of these things whenever it comes near us yeah whenever there's a slight breeze that you can't hear them it's, uh, well, I mean, um, last night for example I mean, that was ridiculous last night um i was half expecting to you know end up with being face planted with a stop sign you know it was just like it was yes, so windy yes. last night and yeah. uh here i walk and you know that way you're walking down the road thinking 
Was this a good idea? Did this this seem like a smart idea when I left the house? If anything happens to me, will the news say, what an idiot that guy was going yeah. out in this way? What will weather? my obituary be? <laughs> Legendary <laughs> broadcaster. Oh. And um, local nobody. <laughs> Stephen Scott, <laughs> legend in his own living room. Um, okay, let's get to your messages. Uh, I'm going to kick off with uh, messages on uh, reaction to Mike Calvo's interview from Friday last week. Still more of those coming in. Uh, I'm going to kick off with one from Caitlin. Hey, Double Tappers. I have some thoughts on Humane's new AI pin, as well as some thoughts based on the interview from Mike Calvo regarding the pin. I think the Humane AI pin has the potential to completely alter the way we interact with technology, if done right. The voice-activated features are incredible, but there are going to be times in which it is impossible or inappropriate to use them. For example, places of work or study or loud environments. Also, I can see people growing to be reliant on AI for research, and having AI literally available at a touch of a button will only amplify the use of AI for research, which is not good, because AI is known to make up information sometimes, and also having AI do research takes away the ability for us to think for ourselves. This could be a problem if humane AI pins replace smartphones. Critical thinking, as well as seeing varying opinions, will not be possible on the humane AI pin unless there is a way for users to see and read the sources humane AI is using, as well as find our own sources. Unless there is a built-in search engine which does not rely on AI. When you factor in accessibility, things get even more iffy, I would say. We have no idea how much the laser-projected screen will be used, let alone if it will be accessible for the blind. The voice options seem as though they are completely dependent on AI. Figuratively, Humane would work around this by allowing sources or a search engine to be displayed on the laser-projected display. So if there is no screen reader for the display, we would have no way to fact-check our information or use external non-AI sources as an option. Furthermore, using AI to read text messages would definitely come in handy sometimes. For example, if you were texting someone about when you were meeting up and need to quickly confirm the date and time, but I can see it having some major flaws as well. For example, if you wanted to look back at a funny conversation you and a friend had and you made an inside joke, the AI would have no way of knowing the meaning behind it and may think you are insulting each other or speaking nonsense. I also just think looking over things like that is more fun than getting a summary, as things that stuck out to you could be left out or misinterpreted. You also have the ability to judge tone when reading it yourself. This doesn't just apply to text messages, but that was the best example I could think of. The same thing can be said about social media. Unless there is a way for us to access that information accessibly without AI-tinted glasses, I could see the simple pleasures in life being taken away. Humans are social creatures, and having a middleman, or in this case, middle bot, could take the joy out of socialising. Basically, I think the humane AI pin has the potential to be inhumane if the option to deviate from AI for both the blind and sighted does not exist, hence why there is still a need for menus, lists and buttons. Now onto the interview. I agree with Mike on the idea that disability needs to be normalised and not silenced, but at the same time understand that accessibility takes time. Take Apple VoiceOver, for example. VoiceOver was not introduced until 2005 on Mac, or in the case of the iPhone, 2009. Apple went from not acknowledging accessibility in their products to being the best of the best when it comes to screen reading software. Down to perspective, of course. So it is possible Humane is not focused on accessibility right now, but that could change. Who knows, maybe they'll become the standard for accessibility like Apple one day. And if not, they could be a developer who makes a third-party option. Like Mike, I also find myself thinking it's 2023, things should be better. 
but it is important to acknowledge that a lot of sighted people have not even met a blind person. Therefore, sometimes it is our job to make them aware in a respectful manner. Rather than being angry at Humane, I think it would be a lot more productive to contact them and express interest in their product. One person can't change the world, but if we as a community come together and make our voices heard, there is a possibility of making an impact. I have a lot more thoughts, but this email is getting quite long, so I'm going to stop there for now. Before I go, I would just like to help Sean out and say I definitely heard him say Parp Parp was in the public domain. Bye for now. Caitlin. Thanks. That's <laughs> such a eloquent, well thought out email that ends with Parp Parp is in the public domain. I'm so sorry. I always take this to your level. I, I bring the tone down every time. Um, yeah, the thing for me is I don't see this. Everyone seems to be looking for this one device fits all. And you could argue the smartphone is kind of there. It's replaced so many things. I don't see the humane AI pin as one of those things. I see it as something I wouldn't necessarily use it for things like research and things like that. I, I, I'm looking at quick access to, for example, I'm going on a, a trip shortly. And I've been setting up my Apple Watch. I actually pulled it off the charger and I've set it up so now I can ask Lady A for the the, the next tram on the station that I'll be taking. Uh, also, the, the trains, when I reach my station, the next trains, that's the sort of thing I'd be using it for. It's, it's my when I'm out and about device. Uh, this whole, you know, it, it, like we're relying on research and using a screen for buttons and things like that, that would be my smartphone. I don't see this as a replacement. I see this as just another another wearable. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think the company's selling it as the all-in-one solution for everything else either. I think, you know, going back to the word humane, what they seem to be selling is this idea of let's stop looking at screens, let's stop interacting with technology for a little minute and actually talk to each other. I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting from it. That's one, I mean, okay, they want to sell a device that you'll use and you'll get benefit out of, but they're trying to take that information you're receiving and make it more humane than its response. So it's, it's kind of multifaceted here, and I get all that. But I don't see them selling a product which is you know, going to replace your smartphone, and no one's suggesting that. They're not suggesting that. Um, I think as well, when it comes to research and these concerns I'm hearing about, you know, well, what happens to information and, you know, critical thinking, or as we used to call it in the old days, five minutes ago, thinking, um, you know, that's all <laughs> gone, right? We're, we're past that anyway. Google put an end to that. So, you know, we're way past all that. You want to find out information, you go online, you look at it. Nobody remembers anything anymore. As soon as you, t if you've ever had a conversation with another human being in real life, I know, shocking, but if you've ever done it and you have a conversation about something and anybody in the room says, what, what was that date of that thing? Or when did Titanic sink? Or whatever it is they might ask. The first thing someone will do without, like a, without a beat, missing a beat, they'll pick up a phone and be Googling it. And that person yeah, is deemed the smartest person in the room because they got there first. It's like, who wants to be a millionaire fastest finger first round? You know, it's like, I got the answer. I'm the smartest guy in the room. Just letting you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm the fastest Googler here. Yeah. yeah. But even Google as a uh, uh, as the um, cited foundation of facts 
It depends where you go. Exactly. I, I mean, you, you still need to use your own logical, critical thinking when it comes to doing research. You can't just Google something. The first hit is absolutely right. Because that could be anything. That could be... <laughs> there's no guarantee that that's factual as well. Although I will admit, AI does have hallucinations at the minute it's not and we do because of the way it interacts with us we are likely to think oh that's absolutely correct because most of the time it is but when it gets it wrong we've got so much trust in it lots of people but don't that is going it. to improve over time i mean come on well, i would hope so but you it's, know. They're, they're teaching this every day and the, and the speed of learning and the speed of the development of this thing i mean look I don't know how long it took. I'd love to, someone to, maybe I should Google it. Um, but, you know, I'd love to know how long it took Google to get like really smart to, to the level where it is today, where it's able to almost predict what you're going to ask it and give you an answer mm. fairly swiftly, right? I'd love to know how long it took to get the brain inside Google to that point. I bet it wasn't a year. No, true. So look true. at where we're at with AI and it's been a year. It's only a year. So, you know, again, yeah. we're kind of jumping on this as something, but we're way ahead of the curve here um, because the knowledge base is, is, is there already, but it's just the assimilation of the facts and the information. And, of course, the problem today is what facts are. And this is where, unfortunately, the thinking part comes in. And for a lot of people, uh, I, I hate to say this, but there are a lot of people out there who seem to have a uh, impairment when it comes to thinking, the heart of thinking. It's what I like to call them, because <laughs> well, they just have no fair. ability to think. To be fair, it's it's perfectly human, and I'm guilty of this as well, too quickly. I need to look up something, I'll Google it, and okay, then that's fine. No, that's fine. Without going further, because it's more convenient, No, it's no, no I, I, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I mean, that's that's fine. We all do that. But what I'm saying is people who present information to you as as fact, but, but it is full of their own biases because they're not considering the source it's coming from. They are, for example, I mean, the best example of this would be MSNBC in the States versus Fox News, right? If you watch those two channels, you're not likely to watch them both. Someone's likely to watch one, someone's likely to watch another, and what they will get from that is a very different opinion on the same yeah. issue. And that's, that's the true. problem, right? That's the issue today. So it's, it's the messenger sometimes can be the problem and it can really, it's muddied the waters. And so social media is just, well, that's just taking it to a whole other level. Um, yep. And it's just getting, that's just, that cesspit is getting worse every day. Um, and, and you know what? Let's, going back to the last part of, uh, of the email there, let's uh, actually getting in touch with Humane and letting them know that we're interested. I mean, there's no one uh, more vocal than Mike to let them know we are interested. If they, if they didn't know before, they know that we're interested now. And you could argue that's purely because of people like Mike. Um, Negative Julian got in touch with a view on all this. He wanted to uh, chime in. Hello. I've been listening to Mike Calver's comments about the new pin computer and all the feedback around it. And... Yes, I agree that we must all stand up for ourselves, otherwise nothing gets done. And sometimes we need to rely on people who are particularly good at standing up for themselves because we're not so hot at it ourselves. And perhaps there's even times when we need people who shout very loud, although my experience is that if you're aggressive towards people, their chief reaction is to be aggressive straight back at you and you achieve nothing. But what really appalls me is what I perceive as this slide towards victimhood, 
we're all victims and I just don't believe that I mean Mike was going on about I am a human being stop stop treating me like I'm subhuman and all this stuff and I don't for a moment believe that the people who developed this computer were thinking of him as a subhuman that that's nonsense think of all the people in the world who believe that they're in some sort of group that makes them a victim the people of a different race religion or sexual orientation or or who suffer some physical or mental disability they're all got a claim towards being a victim and are we a greater victim than some others what about the person on a restricted budget sitting at home shivering a cold because they're terrified of the bill if they turn the heating on what about the single mum trying to bring up a couple of little kiddies in a flat with mould growing up the walls and the landlord won't do anything? Are we a greater victim than they are? I don't think so. And I do think that if you concentrate on your own personal issues all the time, you are just as guilty of victimising people as if people were attacking you because you're blind i i don't see that we are some special case and on this general subject i abhor the way some of us want to reinvent the english language being able to see is an ability a major ability and if you lose that ability to see then you have suffered a disability i am disabled I'm not scared to say that. I am disabled. And if I'm in the street and somebody comes up to me and says, excuse me, I think you're disabled. Do you need some help? They're not insulting me. They're not treating me as subhuman. Quite the contrary. They're trying to be helpful. They're trying to be kind. And maybe I don't like the way they phrase their question, but that's probably because they've never dealt with somebody who's blind before. They don't know how we like to be talked to. It's not their fault. Tell them if you like, but don't go around thinking they're victimising you. They're not. I think also of Lord Robin and how he used to give out his PIN number so he could get cash from a cash machine. Not a very wise thing to do, I think we'll all agree. But he got away with it because the overwhelming majority of people are not out to rob you. They're not out to mug you. On the contrary, they given a chance, they want to be helpful. They want to be considerate. So, you know, I mean, this default that everybody's out to get me, it really worries me. I don't think it's going to get us anywhere at all. And please, let's not pretend that being blind isn't a big issue. That we're all somehow equal anyway look if your ambition in life is to be chief executive officer of microsoft or learn to fly an aeroplane or sail across the atlantic single-handed and you're blind well good for you go for it and if you succeed i shall be the first to stand up and salute and cheer and clap but let's not pretend that that was achieved on a level playing field the fact is, whoever does that has a far steeper mountain to climb than somebody who could see what they're doing. I mean, this is just a simple fact. Also, 
the vast majority of people in our world can see. That's why we live in a civilization, a legal structure, a physical built environment that is built for sighted people. It's not because they're out to get us. It's because the vast majority of people can see what they're doing and they take it for granted that they can see that they're doing and it doesn't cross their mind that they should do something else. So, you know, and let's not pretend perfection on our part. Are you going to tell me, all all the blind listeners, are you going to tell me that every time you make a decision on everything, you're pausing to think, oh, how will this affect a deaf person? How will this affect somebody with ADHD? How will this affect somebody with dementia? How will this affect the one one person in 10 million who's had frostbite and all their toes cut off? You don't do it. That's garbage. You don't. So if the people who developed this new pin computer haven't put enough thought into accessibility, well, that's sad. I wish they had. And by all means, we should go to them and say, look, I've got problems with this. Could you adjust this? Could you adjust that? Oh, and by the way, there's a major problem with this, but I accept it might be version two before you can do something about that. That's fair enough. But let's not attack them because it's not perfect first time out. I mean, I don't know much about this company, but quite possibly they're a startup. They've got big concerns over budgets. Who can they can afford to employ? Whether they'll even stay in business long enough to take delivery of the goods. I mean, they've got things of their own to consider. And you cannot think that their obsession in life is to make things accessible for blind people to the exclusion of all other concerns. Um, Oh, I could rattle on like this for hours, really, but you don't want me to. So I will just say, be kind to each other. This is Negative Julian saying cheerio for now. Have a nice day. Hope nobody's nasty to you. Bye. I think that was positive, Julian, to some degree, but we always seem to... That's my response. (laughs) We always seem to get him slightly... Irate. I'm so sorry, Julian. Um, yeah, I think, again, I seem to be saying a lot with these emails. I think that stands on its own. I'm not sure I have anything to add to that at all. Yeah, I mean, it kind of just says, it's echoed a lot of what I've said over the past few months about all this. I think there is an interesting debate, though, around victimization in our community, and it's not exclusive to blind people. I, I do think that this is what identity politics brings. I think you create an identity, you live by that identity, therefore you live by groupthink. And what I've seen are examples after examples of people being told, um, what was that I saw the other day that made me think about this? People talking about the board of Humane should have more disabled people on it. I don't think there are any disabled people on the board of Humane. I don't know. No idea. I would... Hazard a guess, probably not. Okay, right. I'm just going to put it out there. Right, but how many but here, disabled people are on any boards? Aha, uh-huh, right. Of, but, but but here's the thing. Yeah. I've seen the other side of this, where you get someone in position who's disabled, and then I've heard people in the community, in particular in the blind community, I heard this more than once. Oh, we don't like that person. Oh, so it's the wrong blind person that's in charge. Disabled oh, person. we did it again. We, did. I mean, politics that happens here in the UK, right? I mean, the the Conservative Party in the UK is the only party to ever have had female leaders, and on the most part, those female leaders have never really stacked up with 
the women's movement. Oh, dangerous. It's true, Dangerous though. territory. No, no, it's true. Well, Steady women aim. don't like them. They say, oh, we don't like her. And you think, well, hang on. But, so they'll say, well, we want, we want a woman in power, just not that one. It, it doesn't work like that, right? Sorry, that's not how it works. This is the problem for me with all this. You cannot, you've got to be real, right? If you want representation, that's what representation is, but it doesn't necessarily mean it aligns with your views. Yeah, I would we're agree people with that. Yeah. first. Yeah. That's yeah. the point. We're people, not identities. And so therefore, you know, we, we create this idea that, you know, because what happens is you're getting kicked out of the magic circle if you don't believe that everyone is constantly ableist against you all the time. If someone uses the word blind in the wrong way, then I should be, you know, attacking them and that person should end up in jail or whatever nonsense comes out of people's mouths sometimes. I just, it just absolutely abhors me with this. And the whole abuse in the English language, Julian, I am 100% with you on this. Leave the language alone, all right? You can change the language as much as you like. We talked about this with the, the R word, Right. The R word yep. came up in a documentary out of the UK. Everyone was, was talking about how the person should never have used the word. It was a terrible word to use. You can take the word, you can bin it, you can erase it. You can do men in black style, get that thing out that, you know, Tommy Lee Jones had and, you know, and then suddenly everyone's forgotten the R word. Never exists. Absolutely brilliant. Does that mean that someone doesn't think of me less than because of my disability, because you've removed that word? No. Does it make someone less racist if you don't have used the N-word? If we all just abandoned the N-word? No, it doesn't. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change attitudes. In fact, what it does is it buries it. That's what's worse. It buries it. Because then no one says anything. They all talk in the little groups and they all talk in the little... And that's worse. That's why, yeah. I'm, that's why I stand for free speech every day. And everyone, they, oh, you can't talk about free speech. You can't talk about free speech. Oh, can't say what we, can't say what we think. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Because then we've got it out in the open. Then we know who the ableists are, the racists are, the sexists are. We know who they are because they're there. They're saying it in front of us. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you, Julian. You got me uh, oh, up and running wow. today. So text you honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the other takeaway, of course, is that everyone is beautiful. The world is a great Lovely place. I totally agree with you, Julian. No, I don't agree with that. Right, moving on. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap. This is Double Tap from AMI Audio. Email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us 877-803-4567. And find us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And now on Mastodon at Double Tap. Uh, I don't rant as much on there. I just want to say, I actually quite, uh, I'm quite well behaved on social media and on air, you know, the, the job. I'm rant like an absolute maniac. It is ridiculous. <laughs> I think you got it the wrong way round. I know. You, okay, it's fine. I know. It's a safe space. No, it's not. Uh, I don't feel safe, do you? Good. Um, okay, so let's move on. Felix got in touch, uh, again on the subject of Humane, and another take on this. Hello, Double Tappers. Um, this is Felix, and today I want to just mainly concentrate on the Friday's interview. Uh, really interesting, but I felt like it was maybe a little bit harsh, as in um, on how, you know, uh, it was, you know the, the views that were raised. I mean, maybe like... Uh, Sean and of course Stephen, you both said maybe maybe it's, it's a British thing, but I thought that it would, it'd be worth waiting until we see what the company has to say for themselves. This is regarding the pin, by the way. 
um, and see where it goes. But um, rather than kind of going in there straight away and saying that, you know, they didn't mention anything to our border, I thought that was a little bit harsh. A really good interview. Um, really enjoyed it. And um, just to really simply say that congratulations on a week of tech. So uh, well done to you guys. <laughs> also, uh, regarding really quickly the um, uh, the new thing from, from Be My Eyes, just had a quick play of it, and it's absolutely amazing. So um, have a good week, guys, and I'll talk to you guys soon. This has been Felix from London, UK. Bye for now. Thank you, Felix. Yes, uh, congratulations to us. A week of tech discussion. Uh, wow. Br- abruptly handbrake parked today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it has been an interesting week. And, you know, and your comments on all of this have been really interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop it there because I think we could go on and talk about this day and night. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to pile on, on Mike. Uh, Mike has his right to say what he wants to say and you guys have the right to respond. And I think we've kind of got the measure of where we're all at with this. Uh, I feel it's now down to Humane to respond and, and give us some kind of response. And whether that is today or next year or whenever it comes out, I think, you know, I, I, I kind of like the way Felix phrased that. I think it's time to wait because, you know, and, and Julian said it earlier as well. This is a company that is a startup. We, can we really expect them to be out the gate talking about accessibility? I mean, yeah, it'd be great if they did. Of course. But, you know, they're trying to sell to the mass market, so they have to invest to get a product ready for the mass market. And that ultimately is it for me. You know, accessibility, and, and again, it's a really important point, accessibility did not come with the first iPhone. Didn't come with the first Mac. It took years. But look at them now. Everyone, including me, raves about how wonderful it is and how on top of it, well, sometimes they are, with accessibility. That's um, kind of Mike's point, though. The people behind Humane are ex-Apple, so they should, they're standing on the shoulder of giants, you could argue, so accessibility should be there. Mm. Um, but yeah, let's not go back into it again. I think you're no. right. And look, there was some support for Mike's point of view in our feedback was, as well. There was, absolutely. That's it's right. Well, it wasn't all sided. negative. No, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you my point of view. You see that? Yeah. That's my, that's how all it right. works around here. I give my point of view. You give your point of view. You see, understand how this works. All right. Sorry. Wow, that's something. I took a two. <laughs> let's, let's play something else. I, I, I'm not going out again at night. I've realised. Uh, don't, don't leave the house at night. I just come back and I, it bothers me for days on end. So I'm never leaving the house again. Uh, right, I want to move on because you've uh, you've done a, a demo. I know it is. Honestly, congratulations, Sean. You're welcome. Thank you. Not I, only, not only yes. have you done yes. a demo. You've created a demo that is going to be on the website as an additional extra long version as well. Oh, oh, it's like two a demos. Gift. It's a gift two. to the audience. I've got to say, I enjoyed getting back into it again. It's been a while. And uh, yeah, very good. I'm yeah. going to work on another one. Can you believe it? I know, I'm back in. I'm I'm stunned. It's interesting you said you were not long out. I know I've, I've heard the recent show on the shed. <gasps> um, oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was that. By the way, that wasn't an electric car yesterday that was coming at you. That was the number one hundred and thirteen bus uh, that's coming at you, and I was driving. Uh, no, no, seriously, this is great. Uh, so, tell us what you've done. Okay, so yeah, with the new update to Be My Eyes, we have the AI support for Microsoft. So if you've got a problem with your computer, you can now talk to AI. You also can also at any time talk to an actual human being. But for some some problems you may have, AI 
may be all you need. So I've just done a quick demo of how you use this new feature. Okay, let's hear it. This is To The Point. No fluff, straight to the tech stuff. So let's talk about Be My Eyes and the new AI specialized help feature. If you're having a problem with your Windows computer or any Microsoft software, you can now use this feature to talk to AI and see if it can help. Here's how you do it. Open the Be My Eyes app and double tap on the Get Support tab. Then swipe through and double tap on Browse Specialized Help button. Next, double tap on the Technical button and then Microsoft. And finally, double tap on Chat with Be My AI button. Chat with Be My AI button. Be My AI, welcome to the Microsoft Disability Answer Desk. There are three main items on this screen. There's Call Microsoft button, which will connect you to a real human being at the Microsoft Disability Answer Desk. Next, we have Add Picture button, which gives you the option to take a photo of your computer screen and add it to the AI conversation. But you don't have to do that. And then Message Text Field, which is where you type and tell the AI the problem that you're having with your computer. And don't forget to tell it also if you're using any assistive tech, such as, in my case, the NVDA screen reader. So, double tap on the text field and ask your question. Here's mine. My Windows 11 computer keeps going to sleep even though I've set the power settings to never sleep. I am also using the NVDA screen reader. Now just swipe through and double tap on the send button and wait for the answer. Clear text button. Send message button. Please wait. Be my AI is writing a message. Be my AI. I will provide the steps in a way that is more accessible for you while using NVDA screen reader. 1. First, let's ensure that your power settings are configured correctly. Press the Windows key to open the start menu. Then, type power and sleep settings and press enter. NVDA should read out the options. Use the tab key to navigate through the options and make sure that both screen and sleep options are set to never. 2. Next, let's check if there is any third-party software that might be overriding your power settings. And there you go. There's my quite lengthy but detailed answer. Talking of which, if the answer it gives you is too long, Be My Eyes will break it up into chunks. So if you find that your answer cuts off prematurely, Simply go to the text field again and type, tell me more, and you'll get the rest of the answer. When you're done, you will find a end conversation button at the top of the screen. And that's it. Have fun. That's absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, it's such a simple way to communicate with such a vital service. And, and you can do some quite complex things with this, right? I mean, it's not just a case of, oh, something's on my screen, it's not right. I mean, you can go, you can get into quite some complex stuff I was reading with the Excel and all that as well. Well, yeah, of course. And because of the way, you know, for those of you that use the Be My AI feature to get image descriptions, you can drill down and say, well, tell me more detail about, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever it may be. And you can get as much detail as you need. Now, that initial... Um, answer that I got there, that response, you may think, well, you know, that sounds a little bit scripted. But even when you're talking to customer support anyway, you always, that initial, they're working through a script. Okay, even though I said I've checked the power settings and I've set them to never, the first response was, okay, let's just make sure <laughs> that they're set. And, you know, 
as I said, you would even get that with a human being. So you go through those things. But yes, I did go through um, some more of these later on, and it did fix my problem. And again, you do always have that fallback, if you want to phrase it like that, of talking to a human being if you're not getting anywhere with the AI. I think this is a really cool service. We're through the looking glass now, aren't we? I mean, it used to be you would only rely on the human. You'd almost be doing everything with the AI chatbot to get rid of it. I mean, I I used to go onto these chatbots and it'd be like, you know, can we help you today? I'm a robot and I'm here to help you. And I'd be like, agent, just hit enter. Agent, Uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> now it's yeah. like, actually, do you know what? I could just use this uh, AI. It's probably quicker. And it gets the job done. But yeah, there's there's no being on hold. There's no waiting time, right? It, it's straight on to your problem. And I think for a large majority of people, this will fix their, their problems. Now, it's not going to fix everything. Absolutely not. But it could help you quite a lot. Uh, brilliant. Thank you for that, Sean. And you can uh, listen to a full version of that demo on our website, which is Sean www.doubletaponair.com Beautifully delivered. I just wanted a slurp of coffee. That was all it was. Oh, right. Sorry. Well, you, I was just taking a drink as well. You caught me, ah, <laughs> caught me we on were, the hop. We were in synchronicity. <laughs> in yeah. Uh, yeah, full, uh, full version on there. And that's the joy of the website, right? We can do that. We can, uh, we can play some of the content in here on the show and we can give you the chance to go and listen in your own time on the website. So do check it out. And of course, all the news of the day on the website. You can find that as well. Keep up to date with uh, Grace Schofield's Roundup of the Week. It's always worth going back, even if you think, oh, it might be a couple of days old. It doesn't matter. There's loads of interesting stuff in there. And I guarantee you stuff that no one else is talking about, no one else is picking up on, especially in the yes. mainstream tech media. So, uh, yeah, go check out uh, our Double Tap News Roundup as well with Grace Schofield. It's available uh, on the day of airing, which is every Saturday on the Double Tap Express. And, uh, yes, you are allowed to say, Sean. Parp, parp. Thank you. Right, I was having we... another drink. Will you stop Just doing that? Stop drinking. No wonder you're never at the bathroom. Right, let's move on. Uh, Callum in Yorkshire writes in on That's being personal. blind. <laughs> Laura reads her emails. Hi, Stephen, Sean and Laura. Loving the show as always. I just had some thoughts from listening to the show the last couple of days. First of all, demos. If you are not happy with the screen reader speed in the demos that people have kindly made the effort to record, can you not just change the playback speed to suit your preferences? Though listening to you guys in two times is like listening to the chipmunks. Lol. Long nose, Jim. <laughs> I don't get it either. Hashtag friend of the shed. Loving be my Wait. AI and looking forward to the next level. Does anyone else think Mike Buckley sounds like Ryan Reynolds? Blindness. Similar <laughs> wow. to what Sean said. Sorry if it was someone else. I tend to describe myself as blind to sighted people and visually impaired to other VIPs. I really struggle with this. I have RP and I am now registered severely sight impaired or blind, in the UK. I recently applied for and got a job, and I had to explain that though I am registered blind, I can see a reasonable amount, which means I can do the job. But they struggle to understand that blind isn't binary, and they were healthcare professionals. It feels like I am constantly trying to explain what visually impaired means, so sometimes it is easier just to say blind. I feel like I am stuck. I both have too much sight and not enough, depending on the situation. I have struggled, Mm -hmm. like so many of us have, to accept that my sight is getting worse. And having people say that I'm not blind when I struggle to do tasks that took me seconds when I could see more does not help. However, I also feel that at times people don't get how a blind guy could do something like having a job or run a marathon. That I'm not incapable just because my eyes don't work, so then I end up downplaying how bad my sight is. Neither Mm -hmm. of these are good for my mental health and self-worth. 
wearing the mask is bloody tiring. Can't I just be Callum and be judged for my personality and work just like my peers? Having rambled away about this, I also appreciate that being visually impaired is not all of who I am. In some contexts, I have immense privilege. I am a white man. I am straight, middle class and reasonably well educated. I have a roof over my head, food in my belly, too much, and no real threat to my life or that of my family. I don't really know where I'm going with this. I just feel like people should treat others how they would want to be treated themselves and think how they would feel if someone said something awful to them. I think Stephen said people should switch the word blind to show how horrible what they say is. Would you tell someone you're not disabled, you're not black or you're not queer? I really hope not. If you want to call yourself blind, go for it. I have struggled with accepting who I am and don't want others to go through the same and just want to finish by saying please don't suffer in silence. Believe it or not, you guys have really helped me to come to terms with being BI and I wanted to say a massive thanks. Fellow double tappers, please know it is okay not to be okay. Reach out and talk about it. There is support out there from RNIB in the UK and CNIB in Canada and similar elsewhere in the world. Sorry again for the rambling email. Warmly, Callum in Yorkshire. Wow. Yeah, thanks for that, Callum. That uh, resonates with all of us, I think. And yep. that is it for me, ultimately. It's, you know, I've had this phrase a lot, it's okay not to be okay. And, and some people, I hate when these things become almost so cliche that, that yeah. it almost turns against itself. But it, yep. it's such an important line, actually, in life, because it is okay sometimes just to, to not be. And, and actually, I remember a friend of mine who was really suffering with it. And, you know, I know people say, you can't see suffering. Well, yeah, you can, because some some of us do suffer with it. We don't suffer with it forever, necessarily. Some people do. I mean, again, it's all, it's not simple. It's just one wordy. This is why the, the English language problem gets in the way for me. Well, you can't say, I've had people say, you can't say blind people suffer with, with blindness. Well, some do. Some yeah. have taken their own lives because of it. Yep, absolutely. Again, yeah. this is the, but... But is it is it on us to say that on a text show? I mean, really, is that what it's come to that we have to be the ones to say it because no one else will? Yeah. But you know, I will say it because it's true. That's what's happening. So yeah, some people do suffer with it, and for those who do, sometimes just having a bad day, and and you know, allowing yourself that that moment just to grieve what you've lost, that's fine. That should be fine. And the, yeah. the problem is that everyone jumps on. This, um, oh, you know, it'll all be fine. You know, every family always do this, don't they? Oh, I'll be fine. What are you worrying about? You know, it could be worse. Yes. I love that one. It could be worse. Well, I don't want it to be worse. <laughs> it doesn't help me right now. That's the thing. And also, you know, um, I, don't, I don't want you walking past someone in a wheelchair and saying, well, you could be like him. Because that's not fair yeah. on him. Exactly. That's like he's my probably having the driver. time of his life. <laughs> <laughs> taxi driver, I, I love you guys because you make me realise how lucky I am. Oh, so, uh, okay, uh, that's good, I, I suppose. it's uh, Yeah, and the thing is, we all struggle. It doesn't matter how... Uh, that self-worth thing really hit me, mm. what you were saying there, Callum, because you look at someone else and think, well, how can they handle it? How can they do it? How can they get on with their life? And I can't. Therefore, your self-worth goes down. And the fact is that everybody, we all struggle with it. We all have those moments where we just feel like, oh, I can't cope with this. Um, no one is handling this absolutely perfectly. It's just not how it works. No, and it is tricky. It is really tricky to to manoeuvre all this stuff. But, you know, look, we're doing it through conversation. That's ultimately what this show is about, you know, and amongst the tech, you know, 
it's good to just sometimes stop and remind ourselves that you know we're all living this life together and it's it's we'll we'll work through it together we'll figure it out um renee got in touch as well hey stephen renee jackson lobo kentucky i'm very much enjoy joy you're also podcast uh i just want to make a comment or two about the being blind i'm myself i'm blind excuse me i am proud to be blind. I started school for blind in 1966. I have RP. I'm 72 now. And just like everyone else that has RP, it has been getting uh, much worse now lately since I've gotten older. But I found when I started school for blind that I was good in sports for the blind. I have uh, gold medals from the Paralympics, uh, from world championships, from South Africa, and then also I have been a, a businessman ever since middle 70s and been in many locations and done well in all locations, and I'm still working now. I have my own business, route, vending route business. So keep up the great work, and um, and and I'll be listening. Bye-bye. Thank you, Renee. Great to hear from you. Uh, calling in on one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Really appreciate your call, and uh, for all your calls and emails on this topic as well. And uh, hey, well done to you. I mean, incredible, right? We we this is, again. It proves the point that blind people can do things. Yeah, we can have a happy life, yeah. and a productive life, right? And there's lots to say. I'm sure Renee has struggled as well during that time. But, but hey. I think I think what's important to come out of that conversation. And it's really important, I think, to say this, and unfortunately we have to say it in our in our world, is, you know, and this is maybe going out to the sighted people more, but, you know, this can also be a problem in our community as well. There are people who will say, well, if he can do that, what are you complaining about? It, it, it almost as if, and again, this comes back to the whole homogenous group thing, right? This idea that we're all the same, we're all, we all have the same abilities, which, of course, if you take that approach to any other community, any other group in the world, it doesn't make sense. You know, you might have a woman who is a fantastic, I don't know, heavyweight boxer, and then another woman who can barely lift a bag of shopping, right? That doesn't mean because yeah, you're a woman, uh, you right. could all be yeah. heavyweight boxers. Come on, she well, can do it, so why can't you? You wouldn't say that again, right? Well, you wouldn't say that in any other situation. No, life we do is, in blindness. We do life in blindness. Life is different world. for everyone. Yeah, it depends on your circumstances, how much support someone gets, how isolated someone is with any disability. They all There's so many different factors. But do you know why? I think I know why it is. It's because there's such a low expectation. I talk about this a lot on the show, but it's, there's such a low expectation for us that if somebody has managed to crawl out the swamp that morning and stand upright, that is enough for someone to see that who's not disabled and look at that and go, well, I mean, that's an achievement, right? Yeah. And so anybody yeah. who follows that, if you're still lying in the swamp, it's like, well, come on, the other guy managed to stand up. So what were you? And, and this is the problem for me. You know, it's, it's, we've got to get past that nonsense. Let's stop, let's stop comparing. Let's just, let's just stop. Because what it does is it doesn't allow us to celebrate the achievements of Renee. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't allow us to yeah, talk about right. his achievements because yeah. immediately everyone says, oh, well, that's great. If he can do that, no, 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 no. Forget that. Let's just focus on Renee and how great he is, what he's Rene done. himself. Yeah, exactly. exactly right. Give him the, the credence and the, 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 the credibility and the all the rest of it. All the words I can't remember. 
in there. Yes. Thank goodness just, the show's done. Just hit the applause button and leave it. Yeah. <laughs> just say goodbye. Use words. That's it. Words. <laughs> Forget it. That's why I'm against changing the English language. I'm struggling to keep up with it as it is. Uh, listen, that's it today. Thank you so much for being with us today. I know it's been a bit of a weird one, but I've enjoyed it. I don't know about you, Priest. Yes, of course. I always do. Thank you so much. Our listeners are amazing. Thank you. And uh, also, don't forget to check out that Be My AI and Microsoft Disability Answer Desk, or DAD, demo. I like that. Uh, oh. You can check that out on the website, available now at www.tapponair.com. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm Goodbye. away. Goodbye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.